are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weed Talk News. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. And while we await for Congress to make a major move on federal cannabis reform of some kind, the nation's highest court is handing down some opinions about cannabis usage. This week, two Supreme Courts rejected employee requests to get medical cannabis costs covered by their employers. The current Controlled Substances Act says cannabis is federally illegal while state law is saying employers need to reimburse employees for medical costs. And the court says it will not hear an appeal that pits the CSA against the law. Also this week, a bipartisan coalition of 23 state attorneys general sent a letter to congressional leaders demanding action to prevent the sale of copycat marijuana products that resemble popular food brands. While the attorneys general don't all agree on the best regulatory approach for cannabis overall, they said they all agree copycat THC edibles pose a grave risk to the health, safety, and welfare of children. So let's see what else is happening in the nation's capital this week with Vote Pro Podcast's Phil Adams. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the Weed Talk News DC Report. People who work at federal agencies will no longer be denied their security clearance simply for using cannabis, according to a provision passed by the Senate Intelligence Committee this week. The measure is part of the pending Intelligence Authorization Act and marks a major shift in federal workplace policies regarding cannabis. Introduced by Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, the measure would prohibit the federal government from denying people the security clearances required for work at the CIA the National Security Agency, and other federal agencies simply because they've used cannabis. The legislation must now pass floor votes in both houses of Congress and be signed by the president. A bipartisan bill was reintroduced this week into the House to provide military veterans with access to medical cannabis. The Veterans Equal Access Act has been introduced a number of times in recent years and enjoys bipartisan support but has yet to be enacted. The bill would allow doctors at the Department of Veterans Affairs to recommend medical cannabis to their patients in states where medical cannabis is legal. Two Congressional Cannabis Caucus co-chairs, Democrat Earl Blumenauer of Oregon and Republican Brian Mast of Florida are the chief sponsors of the measure this time around. A bipartisan bill was introduced in the House this week to enable state legal cannabis companies to be listed on national stock exchanges. Sponsored by Democrat Troy Carter of Louisiana and Republican Guy Reschenthaler of Pennsylvania, the Capital Lending and Investment for Marijuana Businesses or CLIME Act would enable access by the cannabis industry to financial lending and investment opportunities and provide safe harbor for exchanges and market participants to list and trade legitimate cannabis related businesses. If passed, the CLIME Act would represent a significant boost for the industry by providing cannabis companies with much needed street cred, Wall Street that is. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast.
Although the Supreme Court may not be willing to back the medical benefits of cannabis, the nation's largest physicians professional association is taking a new stance in favor of the plant. The American Medical Association has announced it has approved a resolution calling on states that have legalized or decriminalized cannabis to expunge the records of arrests and convictions for marijuana-related offenses that are no longer illegal. The group noted at least 18 states have legalized cannabis and more than three dozen have passed legislation allowing for medical use. The AMA wrote that the goal of the policy change is to introduce equity and fairness into the fast changing effort to legalize cannabis. So with that, let's kick off the week's state reports, starting with Josh Kincaid in Washington State. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Cannabis shops could owe workers $300,000 for overtime and sick pay, according to a Washington state lawsuit. It's the first lawsuit of its kind against a cannabis retailer in the state. The owners of three lovely buds, cannabis dispensary in Spokane, Washington, could up owing their workers as much as $300,000 in an alleged unpaid worker and overtime from the past three years. The Washington State Department of Labor and Industries received a complaint in January of 2019, and investigators found that the dispensary's parent corporation, Cannabis Green, had paid employees overtime only if they worked more than 40 hours in a single store, according to LNI. Following a 2019 complaint, LNI alleged that investigators found that employees worked more than 40 hours total at different Lovely Bud dispensaries without receiving overtime, and that sick leave was parceled out in much the same way. Lovely Buds gave some pay records to the department, but then took the state to court in an effort to stop the investigation. Quote, failing to pay workers the overtime pay and benefits they earned is wage theft, period, according to Attorney General Bob Ferguson. And then through the complaint process, LNI officials aim to determine how many of the companies, 75 to 100 employees, are involved in how much wages and benefits they may be owed. Next week, you guys can find out more about Washington State's cannabis scene. But with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State cannabis report. I'm Josh Kincaid from the Talking Hedge reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. NBA Hall of Famer Chris Weber has a new gig in cannabis. This week, New York State selected Social Equity Impact Ventures, headed by Weber, to manage the state's $200 million social equity investment fund. That money will assist social equity licensees with costs associated with getting their businesses off the ground. And Weber's company will be the one to decide where that money goes. Weber is quoted saying, New York's thoughtful and inclusive approach to establishing equity in the cannabis space and creating opportunities for those affected by the war on drugs is truly unparalleled. Another state with a fairly new market is right next door in New Jersey. So let's check in with Jill Goldsbury for what's happening there this week. Hi, welcome. I am Jill Goldsbury in New Jersey for We Talk News. And here's what's going on in New Jersey this week. Well, for those looking to learn more about the industry of cannabis in New Jersey, uh, there is now another Institute of Higher Learning where you can gather your cannabis business skills. Hudson County, Hudson Community College is the latest to start offering a cannabis curriculum. And this is 
this is a curriculum with a focus on local residents who many are minorities. And according to Ara Karakashian, the Associate Dean of Business, Culinary and the Hospitality Program, the Jersey City-based college is situated to make sure as many residents as possible have a chance at getting their feet wet in the industry. Residents include those living in the Hudson County area. And courses and courses for this exciting new um, curriculum include an associate's, associate's degree in business administration of cannabis and two certificate programs aimed at cannabis business agency and cannabis business management. In other news, New Jersey is now helping those formerly charged with marijuana offenses uh, be able to have the opportunity to sell cannabis through legal measures uh, through the cannabis program that offers minorities an equal chance to take advantage of, grow of this growing industry. The program is from the Cannabis Regulatory Commission and it allows for social equity business, business licenses for those owned by people who have lived in economically disadvantaged areas of the state or who have convictions for cannabis related offenses expunged or not. And local resident Tahir Johnson is one of the first retail license awardees. He won, a light, he won a conditional license for himself for Simply Pure in Trenton, New Jersey, and also helped a lifelong friend uh, obtain a social equity application application, John Dockery, and he received his own conditional license approval for a second location. So that's a great story. That That's a great way to show the uh, progress in the state of New Jersey. And if you'd like more information on applying for one of these licenses, go to the Cannabis Regulatory Commission's website for more information. I'm Jill Goldsberry for We Talk News. Have a great day. Regulators in Massachusetts say they'll be keeping a keen eye on the impact of the plastic ban, saying the Bay State could consider a similar move in the future. Ron Marshallsey has more in this week's Massachusetts Report. I'm Ron Marshallsey for We Talk News. This is the Massachusetts Cannabis Report. Greatest Hits Cannabis Company, a cannabis brand known for its music-inspired themes, community involvement, and live performances, is celebrating the grand opening of its first retail location in Dudley on June 25th with a 21-plus block party event from 12 to 8 p.m. Co-founder Joe Velatico was quoted as saying, We are thrilled to open the doors of our new flagship dispensary in Dudley, Massachusetts. The grand opening marks the first of many exciting events we have planned with the local community. The new shop is located at 35 Chase Avenue in Dudley, and the event of the 25th will have live music performances and pop-ups from over 15 of Massachusetts cannabis brands, as well as food and beverages provided by local food trucks. Justices on the U.S. Supreme Court have declined to weigh in on the issue of whether employees can be reimbursed for their medical marijuana-related costs through their workers' compensation insurance plans. Massachusetts is one of the seven states that expressly prohibits workers' compensation insurance from reimbursing medical marijuana-related costs. The other six states are Maine, Minnesota, Florida, North Dakota, Ohio, and Washington. And finally, weed sales are starting to wane because we're technically out of the pandemic phase in some states, except the Bay State, where we are still selling weed at, quote, full pandemic levels, according to an article by Leafly. This isn't to say the virus is gone or COVID is over, but some states are seeing a difference, at least when it comes to the sale of cannabis. And that's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, 
I'm Ron Marshallsey. In Michigan, the numbers show cannabis sales are up, but so is the number of plants in production for the adult use market. Between an oversaturation of growers, the lack of consumers to sell to, and controversies related to testing, some believe the worst for the state's market is still on the horizon. Michigan Normal Executive Director Rick Thompson discusses that and more in this week's Michigan Report. Hello again, this is Rick Thompson with the Michigan Report for Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Well, Michigan broke cannabis sales records in April, so it's not surprising that May's sales figures would be slightly lower, and they were, to the tune of about 4%. That still made May of 2022 the second best cannabis sales month on record, with $186 million in ganja sold on the regulated market. Medical sales were down almost 24% to $23.3 million, and adult use sales fell around 2% to $163 million. Now, to those looking for the price of cannabis to hit the bottom, they can continue to wait. Pricing per pound fell almost 2% last month to $2,090 per pound, and pricing is at its historic low. So the following statistic might shock you. The number of cannabis plants under cultivation in Michigan's adult use industry more than doubled in the last year. Now, in April of 2021, we had 403,000 plants under lights. And in May of 2022, it's 1,126,000 plants. Now, growing more plants might be a last-ditch effort for some huge mega corporations to remain profitable, but the consequence to the marketplace is real and the disruption of the industry is taking its toll. Well, the cannabis testing industry in Michigan is getting a very bad rap thanks to the misdeeds of one outrageous industry player, Viridis Labs. A recent update to a formal complaint issued by the CRA mentions that Viridis has never failed a test sample for contamination, even though the lab tests an estimated 60% of the $2 billion in cannabis sold throughout the state. Viridis has the highest THC numbers of any lab in the state, and they do so by using a method which is not verified for use by cannabis testing labs in the state. Now the company faces a reckoning day, though. Their 21-day protest window to object to any proposed punishment has expired. The company is very litigious, and no matter what the CRA does, this will end up in court. But this is an opportunity to restore confidence in the system, to recruit new users into the CRA's program, and to establish some severe penalties for those who openly flaunt the rules for their own brazen profit grab. Well, three or four people stole a car and smashed it into a Muskegon cannabis retail store this week. It happens all the time in Detroit, but Muskegon is a smaller town with a large number of cannabis retail storefronts. The intruders were still in the store when police arrived, but most of them managed to escape custody anyway. It's believed little or nothing of value was taken because of the store's tough security system. And while it's never a good idea to take pleasure in another man's demise, I find it oddly satisfying that Out of all the different stores in the city, the owners of that Muskegon store are none other than the dreaded Sky Mint cannabis brand, the least liked of all cannabis names in the entire state. Even the criminals know who the bad guys in the industry are. 
And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed off on a new bill regulating cannabis beverages. The bill explicitly defines the term cannabis beverages as a form of edible cannabis product intended to be consumed in its final state as a beverage. That clarification was apparently needed to aid existing law that says cannabis beverages need to be packaged in glass containers. Christopher Smith has much more in this week's California Report. Greetings from the center of the cannabis universe. This is the very personal version of the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. A new documentary was just released at the Tribeca Film Festival about a California icon of the legacy cannabis crowd. And if you're a true historian, you know that this, this man is almost single-handedly responsible for legalized cannabis in America. Cannabis Buyers Club chronicles the most important unknown LGBTQ plus rights struggle of the 21st of the 20th century. When a new disease ravages his community and the government doesn't care, renegade pot dealer Dennis Perone leads a movement to help, heal, and fight back. Perone, a gay Vietnam vet, builds a pot empire in the middle of the war on drugs and fights politicians and police to save his friends. It's the definitive story of cannabis legalization in America. Back in Dennis Perone's day, in my hometown anyway, people would have called him a pacifist, long-haired hippie queer. Maybe now they give him the title he deserves, American hero. Now, you may have heard me say that the California cannabis industry has been battered by the fact that over 60% of the municipalities don't allow retail cannabis businesses. But have I told you why? The League of Cities, a political advocacy group as old as the hills, played on the fearful legacy of reefer madness to convince city councils, not voters, around the state that local control was more important than a vibrant cannabis industry. They were extremely effective and extremely damaging to California. Their success came at the expense of thousands of jobs, came at the expense of patients who now are forced to drive sometimes a hundred miles or more to get their medicine, handed more than half of the market to illicit operators on the silver platter, and came at the expense of an estimated $1 billion a year in tax revenues. And why, and did I mention the voters? And oh, sorry, why did I mention the voters? Because two thirds of the voters in California are in favor of commercial dispensaries and they've had it. So what's next? Lawsuits, ballot initiatives, and other moves to rationalize these silly restrictions and allow the legal industry to flourish at last. You want proof of the potential for a robust cannabis industry? In Sacramento, it's become the ninth largest employer with nearly 8,000 workers four years after recreational marijuana was legalized and as shown in a report commissioned by city officials. In addition to creating jobs, the report asserts three other significant findings. Gross annual receipts have more than tripled since 2018. Uh, for uh, the first full year of legal sales, uh, the industry has not created a spike in crime and home values have not decreased overall in areas in close proximity to cannabis businesses. Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg said, the city made a conscious decision to enter the legal cannabis business. We're generating around $20 million of tax revenue per year and yes, creating a lot of jobs. And I'm glad we did. 
So I'm Christopher Smith. I'm the publisher of the American Cannabis Report, bringing you the dope on American heroes and villains and a capital coup for cannabis for Weed Talk News. And here's a curveball for you. Cannabis could soon become part of a regular day at the ballpark. This week, Major League Baseball teams were told they can sell CBD sponsorships. The commissioner's office said a sponsor would need to be certified by Global Health and Safety Organization, NSF, to ensure the products do not contain THC, and then approved by the commissioner. So don't be surprised if you spot a CBD company's logo on your favorite baseball team's uniform. After all, it is a whole new world of weed out there, and we hope you continue to use it wisely. With that, the Weed Talk News team is taking a short summer break. We'll be back after the 4th of July holiday to keep you updated on the very latest news happening in the world of weed. Until then, I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachix Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.